a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast, the Iron Man wrap-up. It's over. 12 rounds of the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Series is come and gone. We've done pods for every one of them, and now we're wrapping up the final round, 12 of 12, uh, talking about Austin Forkner, who dominated uh, to win uh, uh, his first over overall, and Kenny Roxon, of course. Before we get to that, though, MotorcycleSuperstore.com, they've got everything you need to get out and ride. Check out their website, over 700 trusted brands, and uh, whatever they've got, they're a passionate team down there with the latest and greatest in gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. And uh, if you go there and you type in the code PB-PULP16, that's right, PB, peanut butter, dash PULP16, uh, you save at MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Of course, the MotorcycleSuperstore.com Suzuki team of uh, top Jimmy Albertson and Kyle Cunningham uh, and Josh Osby uh, repping out there each and every week. And uh, they also, uh, they've been great this year as far as uh, coming on late. Both riders have been doing well, and the Superstore guys back them fully. Fox Racing, this podcast also presented by Fox Racing. Foxhead.com, visit your local authorized Fox dealer. They've got what you need. Kenny Roxon wears Fox, and he just won the 450 Motocross Championship. So what more do you need? Uh, Foxhead.com, visit your local authorized dealer. Uh, global innovation leader in motocross racewear. And uh, they've always got something new and cool coming out, the folks at Fox do. And uh, so with me on the line to talk Ironman and more, uh, my boss at RacerX Online, the voice of Endurocross, the voice of AMA Motocross, the voice of GNCC Quads, the voice of ATV Racing, the Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah. What's going on? Did you say what's up just as to cut off my yeah? No, no, I did not. No. You cut me off. Cut me off of the Sorry. knees. Uh, yeah, I had some French Canadian at Awashugal tell me how much he likes that. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like a morning DJ. You got a wacky sign on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I used to, um, when I did a rain across TV, I used to, when the gate was dropping, I used to say, uh, the revs are up and the gate is down. And they really liked it, and that actually made me stop doing it because I hate having catchphrases. <laughs> I get catchphrases are lame. So once it's caught, I release it. Right. My catchphrase is just start yelling about things. That's my catchphrase. Just get angry. Drop some F-bombs. Yeah, I'm aware. Um, Sometimes F-bombs. Yeah. Right. Light the candles, bro. Yeah, light the candles. Uh, speaking of lighting the candles, he's lighting up our podcast. Uh, the great Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Uh, nothing. Season's over. Yeah. Fly racing, WPS. You were there at Indiana working the WPS uh, um, display, so you were telling me at it dinner. Was. You were telling me at dinner it was a five thirty a.m. wake up call for you. Um, no, I was. My wake up call was much earlier than that. I left the hotel at five forty. So, <laughs> yeah, we had a uh, we had an employee departure, and uh, so I filled in, and I was uh, I was doing a lot of legwork, groundwork. So it's all right. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not scared to pitch in when I have to. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, right? Um, and speaking of pitching in, if you guys could pitch in 
and pick up a latest subscription to Racer X Online magazine. We're going to stop doing these pods. The podcast will be gone forever if you people don't subscribe. Uh, lots of things in the magazine that we never put online. Well, most of it we never, ever put online. I just uh, did a feature on Tim uh, Geyser, uh, the upcoming MXGP world champion. Kid's, get, kid's 19 years old. He's going to be here in 2018, I think. And he's really, really good. And I went over to Italy and uh, met with him and talked to him and, and did a little Q&A interview. That's in the latest magazine. Um, Weez, do you got a feature in the new one? Uh, no, it was a really good month for me. Uh, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. You had, you had features due for this one that just finished. See, I'm always confused. Right. So. Yeah, this is uh, – we've got Eli Tomek on the cover. I'm trying to remember. we got a couple of good things in there. The, the, and, again, it's all exclusive. Like that guy's your interview. It is not anywhere else. No, only the magazine. no, no, exactly. Yep. So please check it up. He's got a giveaway his plan. Did he explain like his schedule? Of um, he's very, he's very coy. I don't think because he knows. You know, I think, I think he'd like to. Oh. Go, I think if it was his choice, if they said, "What do you want to do?" He'd be in America next year. But um, I think he's. They want him to ride one more year, number one plate, get another year of competition. I mean, the guy really just kind of. He's only had three really good years at this level speed. You know. And I think they were like, oh man. So, um, hey, what's the deal? Like, why, why are these guys, why are these guys making such big jumps? If you look, and they're they're really, I mean, I know Geisher won the you know MX2 World Title, but I don't think he was necessarily the best guy. I think Hur- Hurlings is to make guess he was better, obviously. Which, by the way, props to Geyser. He fully admits that he would not have won the World Two. You know how some guys are like. Weege, you have a a classic story of of when Hanny won the Supercross beating James Stewart. I was going there, too. Right, (laughs) right. Uh, Although, as as crazy as Hanny is, it was not from Hanny. That was his agent sales pitch. It actually worked. Which was Um, typical moto agent. Yeah, which was. But my point. Hanny beat James Stewart. Well, Stewart crashed out of practice, (laughs) but the agent left that out, and teams were still salivating. Yeah. They didn't realize that. I don't know. And Geyser fully goes, I would not have won the title without Hurlings. That's what he told me. So props to him. So my point really is, is you look at both um, Geyser and Roman Febra, and both of them have taken such gigantic leaps forward when they moved up in back-to-back years. And I don't, I don't really know what to attribute that to, but it's, I mean, it's back-to-back years and back-to-back, you know, pending world champions that really, I mean, you didn't see this coming. I, did, I certainly didn't see it coming either year. Uh, where they've kind of displaced uh, the old guard, you know, mm-hmm. Roli and even Febra coming off his world title. I mean, he was battling with Geisher, but, uh, man, it's, it's really been uh, kind of out of left field two years in a row for this guy. Yeah, yeah, we'll pick up the new racetracks online, read all about it. So, the kids, for, I think the kids legit. I, I think the kids we got legit. a Savachi story in there, Savachi story, uh, by uh, Eric Johnson. Um, Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki's. Hmm, that's weird. Uh, Joey Spotty. Strange. By Eric Johnson. Yep. yep. And a uh, Travis Pastrana interview about the Nitro oh, yeah, the World Pastrana Game. Pastrana thing is great. Yeah. Um, yep. what, do you, what do you guys attribute the parallel to there where the guys in Europe, when they step up, are going straight to the number one spot? But in the USA, it's still the Dungy, Rocks, and kind of Tomac show. And no one seems to be able to break through that. Like even Muscan really had nothing comparatively to what. The Euro guys are doing to their classes. You know what I mean? Like, yes, okay, he's been top three, but it was kind of a war of attrition that got him there, I think, as well. Yeah, but um, I think, you know, uh, Roxon's what? Uh, three years into a 450 career. Tomac's only two. Dungy's the older guy now, quote unquote. Whereas mm-hmm. if you think about how long in GPs, how long was it Caroli, DeSalle, maybe Van Horbeek, Philip Hart's kind of came and went, like, 
like they had a long reign on top, the older dudes in mm-hmm. MXGP, and I think that finally they're getting older, right? And the kids are coming. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, it's just, it was just striking to me two right. years in a row that two kind of guys out of nowhere right. took over and well, dominated. I mean, it wasn't just that they won. They dominated. But at the same time, you know, Tommy Sura was supposed to challenge these old guys. Never could. Mm-hmm. Never did. Right. Um, right. Who else moved up that I'm trying to think of that was sort of a hot guy? Um, uh, there's somebody else that comes to mind that uh, moved out of the class that had to, and then they were like, this guy's going to be it. Maybe Van Horbeek. Well, he's been all right, though. Yeah, he's been okay. But there's been guys that they're like, this is the guy, and then they're never the guy, you know? So, yeah. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, racerxonline.com uh, forward slash subscribe. If you don't do it, we're just going to stop doing these podcasts. So whatever. It's your choice. We're not putting any pressure on you. Um, so, Weed, you're going to, uh, well, let's talk about Charlotte GP at the end. Uh, you're going there this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that. But let's wrap up Ironman, uh, MotorcycleSuperstore.com, RacerX podcast. Uh, we got to start with Shorty. It's over. Shorty went out with a whole shot. Uh, his air shock failed, which is so ironic that he's been the air shock guy for, you know, three years now. And they're shelving the air shock program. He told me that a long time ago or earlier this year. They're probably not going to race with it next year for whatever reasons. They're just going to shelve it. And then his, in his last moto of the year, the uh, advanced technology that Shorty's been testing failed him. So, I don't know. It's not funny, but it's ironic anyways, Weege. Well, I mean, the best part is that he went out with the whole shot. Like, I just I cannot believe it turned out that way because Shorty's known for a lot of things, but those starts were certainly one of his trademarks. And then he went out with a, with a whole shot under those circumstances, too. I mean, who did he tell you? Like, it was pretty much they tried to piece of that together, locked the whole shot device in, and the gate dropped. Like, yeah. On, like, three seconds. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were struggling. They went out on the line. It went out down there. They didn't, they didn't do the parade lap, I don't think. They were trying to fix it, trying to figure out putting air in it. And then it wouldn't work, and then and then they're just like screw it, put the gate, put the lock of vice on it, and they and he pulled the holy. So I enjoyed uh, Forrest Butler uh, when we had a camera down there shooing the camera away like it was Sean Penn with the paparazzi, like as if if I shoot the camera away, they'll never know that we're changing a shock. How we cannot let them know we're changing a shock, and it's not obvious. No, like it's whatever not, it's not so much wrenches that. down there would be. It's not so much that. Uh, KTM has a pretty strict policy on not letting anyone see what, how their uh, systems are set up underneath the seat. And when you have the seat off, that's a big no-no for anyone to be able to see. So he was trying to keep that off of live television. So that's a, that's a KTM directive. I know it came off poorly, but that's. I think he was trying to do the right thing. It wasn't so much that it was, oh, it's shock tailed. It was, they have some pretty strict guidelines on what they're allowed people to see and not see. Our crew was ex- it was exceptionally extraordinarily uh, mad about it, and then it was Langston <laughs> who was, thought that was a bush league move. <laughs> well, yeah, I see both sides of it. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I, do. Well, I know. I know they've been stressed really, really strongly by KTM to protect specific areas to not let people see, and I think that was that was the case. I don't think the shock was really a big deal, especially since you're shelving it. Like, who cares? Uh, but there's some other. You know, there's a lot of electronics that are all held underneath there. Uh, and I think right. that was apparently the concern. Uh, that makes way more sense. Unfortunately, you know they're changing shock, so it looks like they're trying to prevent people right. from knowing what, what looks yeah, obvious right, already. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny. Well, he's done. He's gone. He went out with a whole shop, which is funny. I, I honestly thought, like as I was up in the in this tower away from the starting line, I didn't know any of that was going on. At the time, I thought that perhaps he literally got the whole shot and was like, "I'm out. Like I don't even want to race." 
Like, just drop the mic. <laughs> I, I was like, maybe that's it. I had no idea, uh, you know, until afterwards. It, yeah, he had a failure. I'm just like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like, get the whole shot, and then he's just like, I'm out. So. <laughs> um, that would have been good, too. Yeah. What, what a career, though, JT. What a career for Andrew Short. Yeah, and I mean, I wrote this uh, about this whole thing in my column tomorrow that will be on Race Race Online. So don't just buy the magazine. Check out the site, too. Uh, and, man, if you want to talk about somebody who did it right on every level, both, you know, his performance on the track, how he handled himself off the track, uh, human being, racer, all of it, you know, that was kind of Andrew Short in a nutshell. So um, it's uh, it's awesome to see him walk away healthy and on his own terms, but it sucks to lose, you know, that guy out there every weekend. Yeah, he really was. Even when things were going bad, he was uh, uh, um, maybe having some issues uh, at the McGrath-Brooks team when he was uh, uh, battling guys on the track. He was pretty pissed at uh, – who do you have a running battle with? Tickle? No. Um, yeah, Tickle. Tickle, yeah. Tickle was mm-hmm. going, you know, weekly. He, he had a laugh and a smile. But at the same time, you know, you know, it was tense at times with these two guys. And it was just he's always the way to act. Like, no matter how you do it, he would meet the press. He would be respectful to the team he was on. And he would try to make the best. I remember when the KTM failed on him and he broke both his arms. He was telling me, like, yeah, it's going to happen. You know, it's a machine. It fails. Um, these things happen, and I'm like, "Wow, not a lot of guys. A lot of guys would be so so upset, you know, that this bike caused them to break their arms." So, just always great. Yeah, I, yeah, I would have. Uh, you know what? I think there's. No, go ahead, Gigi. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I would have used both of those arms to have middle fingers held up and with both of them held up. And I think some people might hear this and say, yeah, but he's not the winningest rider ever, so how can you say you can't have a better career than that? But I think the whole key with Shorty is that we all know where where the – like he maximized – he did as well as he possibly could. He did what everybody wishes they would do if they were in that situation, which is they got the best results he could possibly get by working as hard as he possibly could, Mm -hmm. taking advantage of every opportunity he had, and actually appreciating it. Like if someone magically waved the wand and said – Right now, you could be a factory rider. I think that's how everyone would think they would at least um, deal with it, right? You would try, and you'd appreciate it. You'd be pumped, and you'd have fun living the dream. But he's one of the few riders that almost seems to actually feel that way sometimes. I can honestly say in all my years of dealing with him, either when I was a mechanic or, or as a media guy, I never saw him not be in a good mood or at least handle things professionally, kind of what was going on behind the scenes. Like... Yeah, just always, never cracked about it, you know, no, nothing like that. So, yeah, but also not, um, not just like this wall. Like he actually would be truthful on things that broke, or he didn't do well, or someone else did out of line. Like he still gave you information. It wasn't yep. just yeah. He protected people by lying. Like he was amazingly honest. And of course, do they ever get in trouble for that? Really? No, not really. Right, right. And he was, you know, great racer too. Incredible. And this is a guy yep. who got a shot with Mitch Payton. What two races at the end of one year? And Mitch just said, no, you know, he does, I'm going to pass. It was Woods, it was Josh Woods and, uh, and Andrew Shore, I believe, on the, on the Pro Circuit Cowie. And, uh, yeah, both got, both, yeah, it's kind of funny how that worked out. So, um, But great career, fantastic, yeah, uh, tons of top threes, a win in Seattle, uh, national wins, um, yeah, fantastic. So sad to see him go. But he'll still be around the races next year in some unknown capacity. So. It's funny when you look at some of the guys Mitch has taken on, 
and then he passes on shorty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> hits yeah. and misses over a career. You know, like, and obviously you get some right, some wrong, but yeah. it's funny when you look back. Yeah, it's not like shorty killed it. I think he was top 20, you know, in, right. in those motos. But it just, yeah, just he was a team green kid and whatever, yeah. You know, interesting too, like Mitch, Mitch remember Mitch had a chance between Dino and Baggett, and he took Dean, passed on mm-hmm. Baggett, and then eventually got Baggett back, so kind of funny. Um and then Mitch won the coveted uh, bidding war for Bobby Bonds, you know, like just paying a ton of money, and and everybody wanted Bonds, and he got them, and then it all went south. So even the greats uh, miss sometimes. So, um, well, we just uh, we just partnered Grant Langston had a helping hand in Bobby Bonds' demise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> he may um, have actually uh, hand delivered his demise, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, his demise was written in the dirt at Hankton. Although I don't understand I mean, how Bonds was on fire until that that crash. In that race, yeah, but he's on yes, fire. But... He was on fire in one moto one day. What about every other race for two years? That's well, I don't understand that, that kind of that derailed the, the momentum. Who? I mean, obviously, it's you know who knows where it goes, where it goes, but that right. obviously set him back. Um, that's what they say. Yep. Funny, Andrew Short and Jackie Short, and they'll sit right next to each other in the uh, vault. Um, yeah, he yeah. got, he actually, he had one shot with Mitch. He got 17th to Steel City. No, no, yeah, no, I mean, no, that, no, that would have been wrong. He's an amateur. I think anyone was really like, Mitch, you got to make sure you lock this dude down. Like he was okay. Yeah. But, uh, it definitely wasn't the Bobby Bond spitting war. You know, type guys. I do. I do remember at mini Olympics, um, man, what year was, that would have been 2000. He pretty much was untouchable because I was down there, I was in New Zealand, and I remember talking to some people down there, and they said, yes, Andrew Short won everything in sight. Like, no one could even touch him at all. So that was uh, end of 2000? Has that really made sense? Uh, yeah, end of 2000, he, made, he turned pro. Um, who had a more unlikely pro career? And Brayton's still going, of course, but he's near the end. Who made, who perhaps, if you went back in, two, in the year 2000 and said, okay, Andrew Short and Justin Brayton, because Brayton was probably worse as an amateur than Shorty, oh, no doubt. Oh, not even close. Right, not even yeah, close. Brayton was, was not good. But Shorty's reached higher, I feel, pro-level careers than Brayton, although Brayton's had very, very good results. Shorty's been better indoors and out. Oh, yeah. Shorty's won multiple races indoors and out. Right. I mean, so yeah. who made more with the least? Short or Brayton? That'd be a good... good mm, yeah. Both so, of them. It depends on how you grade that. It yeah. depends on how you grade from where they started talent-wise right. or where they ended up, you know? Uh, Results-wise, and this isn't this isn't an insult, JT. But Brayton did tell me that back in the day, if he said, "Man, if I could just have a career like Jason Thomas, I'd be so happy." Yeah, no, he's told me that multiple times. Right. I mean, it's uh, if he could just get to your level, he wasn't good. He, I mean, I remember passing him and even lapping him outdoors and being like, "Man, that guy, I don't know what what the future holds for him, but I don't think it's motocross racing." He should get a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Iron Man. Let's talk. Let's talk 250s first. Uh, Austin Forkner. Wow, that first moto, and, and the second moto. Look, he fell, and he was he was you know uh, was he leading? Plessinger was he second? He was leading. Yeah, he was leading. Yeah, Plessinger was, close, but he was, Plessinger was all over him. Yeah, Plessinger was all over him, but he was leading. But um, that first moto, man, he just it, 22 seconds, 23 yeah. seconds or something. Um, that kid, that's phenomenal. This this guy's. This guy's immediately, I mean, look, he was anyways, I think, but he's immediately like a title favorite indoors and out in 2017. Like, we're going to be doing our preseason predictions, and we, I'm going to say, what about Forkner? Forkner's got this thing. 
I think he would be ranked as high as anyone going in. Like, if you have your short list of these are the three guys that go in the title, whatever region it is, short. I think he's going to be in that list. Short list? Short? Yeah, short list, yeah. Emphasize that. Uh, yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, this is the perfect rookie season. He actually scored um, the fourth in points is actually the highest of any of the guys that came in at the beginning of the year, the Tomac, Barsha, uh, Cooper Webb. Uh, type schedule. Really? And those guys oh, all wow. have splashier moments. Yeah. Like Tomac won the very first race, but mm-hmm. I think Tomac ended up seventh that year in points. Barsha. Um, no, Barsha was like uh, fifth. I think it was sixth. Yeah. Or fifth okay. or sixth. We looked it up. Fourth was definitely the best. It was close. But um, but basically, now that he's got the win, too, it's about as well as anyone has ever entered, really ever. It's great. It's, the kid just got stronger and stronger. What? How old is he? 17? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. This is... How many times do you think uh, Mitch Payton has looked up and said, thank you, God, for Austin Forkner in the last couple months? Well, we yeah. is there was there not talk of Forkner staying down as amateur one more year? Or was that never going to happen? Because I swear it was. I swear it was like, he's going to ride amateur one more year. Um, I think only just because he was, you know, a B rider last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, he definitely had an extra year of eligibility. But, nah, I feel like. Okay. He was progressing so quickly. I don't well, think they, they almost, last year there was any chance. Okay. I mean, if anything, they almost put him in Supercross this year. Yeah. There was, you know, there was talk of that in January when uh, Cincerillo was hurt that they were going to move him to the East Coast, and they pushed that back to kind of the final last chance was in May at, at Hangtown. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think he was coming back. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Well, yeah. Phenomenal. That's what, makes wow. it, that's what makes this even more dangerous because he's really only just delivering on the hype. It's not what we're saying of like a short or a brain type guy. It's like everyone knew there was the potential for this kid to be really great, and he is. So that makes it no. even less of a fluke and more repeatable. No, I feel like, Weed, you undersold this kid to me. Uh, okay, I didn't expect him to quite do this well, but it wasn't like like everybody knew that he was – not every year do you get one of these superstar guys, but he was one of them, mm-hmm. one of those types of guys. Did I think he was going to get fourth in the points? No. But he definitely was. I mean, I'm sure if you just looked, if you could find out how much he was being paid, that would answer your question right there. Right. He was very highly touted. Right. That way. Yeah, people were paying him a lot of money. Right. Um, yeah, he lost this. I mean, he lost to Sexton, you know, straight up at Loretta's last year. So it wasn't, it wasn't the Ricky Carmichael-esque. Um, well, that's what I mean. That's what I'm he was saying. good. I mean, he was, but he had competition from Sexton and Taft kind of the whole way through. You know, they were all. Uh, like Forkner was definitely winning his fair share, but it wasn't a landslide domination either. Hmm. Um, kid was great, man. Track was tough, was soft, ruddy. Um, you know, guys were struggling a little bit, and he just was like, "See you later. I'm out of here." So, great, great job. And yeah, indoors and out next year. Watch out, everybody. Austin Forkner. So does he? He has a permanent number next year. Did he finish top ten overall? I don't know. I think. He, hold on. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that he did because Amar rode all Supercross too, and he barely got in. Well, there's some controversy with that. Uh, really? What do you mean? Well, I, was, I mean, there's no way that he had more points than Amar with Amar plus Supercross. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, Amar beat him yeah. in points. I think. Yeah. It'd be tough to be fourth in one series and have no Supercross points. That'd yeah. be top ten overall for True. the year. You're right. Yeah, 376. Um, yeah, he doesn't have it. Uh, uh, I did. Uh, we had a banquet um, award ceremony yesterday afternoon. I saw the and, photo. Uh, of, I, to, I saw the photo of Phil. He looked pleased in that big giant chair. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I said to Fortner, I'm like, hey, everybody's pumped for you, and they gave him Rookie of the Year, and everybody was like, you know, everybody likes the kid. He seems like a nice guy and everything. And I was like, everybody's pumped on you right now, but uh, I don't know if people are going to like you so much next year because you're, like, seriously going to be a contender to take titles away from other people, and they might not be so pumped on, hey, good for him. And he's like, yeah, well, that's what I'm out there to do. I'm there to do damage and try to win titles. So he's not mincing words or shying away from it at all. Like, that's what he wants to do. Yeah, he's a great interview. Hopefully he doesn't get yeah. – like, I hope he doesn't move to SoCal and flat bills and, and start, you know, these other douchebags get their hands on him. And I just hope he stays the way he is. Kid from Missouri, trains in Oklahoma. You know? But he's gonna have to go to SoCal. No, I hope he never goes to SoCal. Like he 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 rides east, just never goes. Just refuses to ever. Just never Never goes. goes. Never goes inside the border. He's gonna ride (laughs) in the snow in the winter. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Plessinger. I've been writing about Plessinger being like Robbie Renard, and eight one is so Robbie Renard. That is so Robbie back in the day. Uh, um, we, he won last year, and we thought he'd be damn good this weekend, but uh, kind of just rode around the first moto, eighth place, second moto. Uh, you know, Forkner fell, so that helped him a little bit, but he would have got second at the worst anyways. Uh, uh, but um, he finally – he's just got to figure this out next year. I mean, Plessinger could – talk about Forkner. Plessinger can win both titles next year. I, I mean, he just has to figure this out. He's, he's turning into Robbie Renard. He really is, right in front of our eyes. Yeah, if they just had every race in Indiana, though, he'd be. Yeah. He would be uh, Carmichael instead. Yeah. He's just so hot and cold. Like some weekends, you're, like you look at those lap times that we've seen, and, and you look at mm-hmm. some rides, and you're like, oh, my God, this guy is so fast. And then he, he's not so fast. And you're like, gee whiz. So. Yeah, he's uh, – and I know you guys even had a little argument about it in Supercross because at one point you said he displayed some unbelievably raw, nasty speed, and I think JT was like, but he didn't even have the fastest lap time. It's like an even more micro version. It's like sometimes it's down to one corner or one straightaway mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, my God, not the whole race or not even one whole lap. Like there's just certain moments yeah. where you're just like, what the hell? Yep. Uh, Webb third overall three, uh, Webb did it the hard way again, just like he did last weekend. Um, five, two crashed, uh, three times, I think in the first moto, second moto, he worked his way up, um, to get second. Um, and, and yeah, um, I mean, he got the title, so whatever he was pissed. He was like, pissed yeah. after the first moto. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Very unhappy. I know. Uh, funny how that works though. He's so dominant. You know, and then the last two races, just he just he just becomes a guy fast. Don't get me wrong, but just funny how that works. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a little bit of uh, relief. You know, you don't ride with the same intensity slash effort or something. I ride with effort. You don't want to say that, but you know what I mean. Like it's weird. Kid, kid. I feel like for some well, strange reason, we've seen that happen before. When guys have the title wrapped up or about to wrap up, it's not that they ride slower or less intense, but the weird things. Like in the case of Webb, what did he have a the first turn crash and a bad start last week, mm-hmm. and then a first lap crash this week. It's like all the things that don't happen in route to a title, then right. they happen. And I don't know if that is a coincidence or not. Like they're not quite as focused or concentrating immediately in the way they would when they know every point counts or something, but it happens. Like I almost assumed someone knew was going to win the 250 class this weekend because it's just the way it almost always goes, uh, unless it's Ken Roxon and he can practically yeah, yeah. win these motors in his sleep right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember, like, Tommy Hahn won his only national at the end of 09. It was like Chad had the title, and 
Travis still riding good, but it was like, ah, yeah. he had a first turn crash or something like right. that. Or Stu got Green a two- one moto. Or Stu got it to a DF. Brayden won a moto, yeah. Stu, yeah. Stu got it to a DF, and it was curtains by even more, or whatever, you know. True. Yeah. Langston True. got on the two DF, I think, one year. So, um, anyways, JT, you were saying, you were going to say. Um, I was just saying the track was really atypical as well. Um, it was so ruddy and so different that I think the results were a bit skewed by it. I don't think Cooper looked or felt all that comfortable. He had multiple crashes, and he was trying. You know, I think that's what he was so pissed about is making so many mistakes. But yeah, the track was really, really different than most weekends. So um, I think that he struggled a little bit with the conditions more than normal. Uh, hey, JT, on that subject, does Forkner's win almost loom even bigger because the track was so difficult? To me, that almost makes it like, wow, this kid is, like, really good because he's winning on the toughest, in the toughest situation. His balance, his technique, and all these things are so refined already. What do you think? Uh, I would say it just it, it leans towards him being so well-rounded, which I wasn't all right. that sure about. Um, but you saw him get on the podium at Glen Helen, and then you see him get, you know, win on completely different conditions this weekend. And then we know his prowess in Supercross. You know, he won an arena cross right away, and uh, we've seen his skills at Monster Energy Cup in the, you know, the amateur classes. So, he obviously has all of the tools. You know, if he was a baseball player, he would be a five-tool player. You know, he just kind of has everything already put together. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's one thing, like, kids going out and going fast at Glen Helen and doing big jumps or just going fast and being fearless and wide open is one thing. But I'm like, wow, this is, like, legitimate skills here on a technical track also, which is really impressive. I don't know if it was um, because it's the last race of the year and I'm tired and over it. Or I don't know what it was, or, or I, but I think I, I do think it was the track. I don't think it was me, but it seemed to be a bit boring yesterday or two, uh, on Saturday. The racing seemed to be a bit boring. I think because the guys were trying to just ride their own races and stay out of the rut, stay out of the soft stuff, stay you know try to get some traction. It seemed like the back ends were soft and mushy and everywhere because it was so much rain around and, and, and water on the track that the guys were struggling themselves with the track, and maybe they're all tired, too. Again, it's the last race, you know. Um, do you agree, JT? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when the track's that tough like that, it takes the racing, like, true racing each other aspect out of it because yeah. everyone's just trying to circulate the track. You're like, I'm not even worried about what you're doing right you next to me. I'm just trying to get through the rut. Yep. You know, and so I think uh, I saw a lot of guys looking around, and the overwhelming feeling I got from everyone was just like, we got to get this thing over with. <laughs> I, I got that feeling so much from talking to people, seeing people on the track, yeah. riders looking back, looking around. You know, they were just like, God, just get this day over with. Yeah, and I just Which think, it, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate, but that's that's the feeling I had. Yeah, yeah, I just, it's a difficult, it was a difficult track, and the guys are like, I got to worry about my own thing. Never mind setting this guy up to pass. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, it was a, it was a tough day. Uh, what else? Adamson Cirillo? Um, he didn't pull out a second moto, which, you know, you wonder why guys don't like me. Okay. So I'm in the pro sugar truck in the morning. Savachi loves giving me shit. Like he just, he just like loves bagging on me and making fun of me. And that's fine. Whatever. I don't care. Bowers too. Apparently I think Bowers. Oh, I think he, oh, yeah. from what Bowers was saying, I right. think, uh, um, I think Joey may have been going to him. Joey's like, too. Oh, here we go. Uh, this guy in our truck. And I go, look, just, you should focus on the two motos. 
And like everybody is like, oh, and wow, then, wow. And, and then he he laughed. He laughed and goes, he he laughed and go, I get it, I get it. And then he kind of walked away. And I actually need to text him and be like, hey, I was just kind of kidding. But I yeah, mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna dish it out on me, that's fine. But uh-huh. I mean, bro, you've not been finishing both motos, so let's get to the bottom of that. You know, I just yeah, wonder, you did wow. you did what you accused me of is like killing a mosquito with a machine gun. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, I mean, you know, we have a good time with each other. We bust each other's balls, but uh, maybe that was a little much. Um, um, I think the difference is, I, I think the difference is, I mean, let's be honest, we're all there because of the racers and the racing. The racers, I believe at least, are on a higher plane than the mortals like us who are not racing and in JT's case, no longer racing. So, it can't go exactly tit for tat because what we're doing is not nearly as hard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can't equate having a bad uh, performance in a moto with the job I do, which is not nearly as right, difficult. Right, so right. I don't think, so in general, I think that's the way everybody feels. So when some random like you comes along and actually just goes toe to toe, what? What shock to the system. Uh, well, I just look at it like, you're no better than me. You race dirt bikes for a living. We're all trying to do our jobs, right? Like, that's the way I look at it. But yeah. That's, that's you um, well, and you only, I think, in this industry. Well, Short's better than me. Short is better than me. He's a better person <laughs> okay. than I am. But other than that, and Timmy. Besides Short and Timmy, that's it. Um, but anyways, uh, Adam Cincerillo, uh, I originally talked about him. Uh, 6'5 in his two motos. I talked to Mitch Payton afterwards about Adam's year, and I talked to Adam himself, too. And, like, both guys were like, we just want to get through the motos, build on the year. Um, I had a guy tweet me and say, when's Adam going to move to be a privateer in 450s? Um, So, like, that's kind of where we're at with Adam. But um, 6'5 on the year, JT, eighth overall in the points, six hole shots, qualifying fifth, uh, laps led 25. Like... I'm okay with this year for the Wonder Kid. Like he's not. First of all, he's no longer the Wonder Kid, and it's fine. So, yeah, I don't. I don't think it was a raging success, but I think it was. You know, if you look at the history of his career so far, it was a success. You know, he put 12 rounds together. Mm-hmm. He had some bad weekends where he couldn't finish motos, which is was troubling. You know, no one wants to see your kind of. Uh, one of your premier guys on your team not be able to finish the moto, you know, that's that's rough. But he did what he really hasn't been able to do, which is find some consistency, put weekends together, know when it's time to back it down and know when it's when he's mm-hmm. feeling and when it's time to push. You know, right. that's that's what being a professional motocrosser and having longevity in the sport comes from. Uh, using your head and knowing when when you've got it and when you don't and, and when you just gotta suck it up and get a fifth, you know, and, and he's learning that and that's really Honestly, it's maybe the first time in his career where I've seen him, you know, heady enough in the middle of the race to accept that and just say, you know, he's always had the the um, just reaction to turn the throttle when mm-hmm. people are passing him, and that he's seen where that leads him to, and and you know, it's typically the hospital. So right. I think if he can use the experience he learned, you know, a game this year and have a full, healthy offseason, I, I fully expect him to be a title contender for Supercross in here in a few months. But I feel like, Weege, uh, the tweets about this kid, you know, missing, can't miss kids missing, like, we're done with those. He's not going to be, he, Adam is not going to be the next guy. 
He's just missed too much time. He's had too much injuries. He can be a very, very good professional. Perhaps win a 250 Supercross title. You know, mm-hmm. get higher up in the 250. But this this guy is now just a, um, uh, for lack of a better guy, he's a um, uh, Marvin Muskan or somebody. Not yeah. not elite, Rox and Tomac, but he can be that guy. I think you know, it's really to yeah. tell, though. Well, I was I was actually refer- asking Weege, JT, but go sorry, ahead. No, I, yeah, yeah, oh, sorry. Right. I'm kidding, but whatever. What do you think, Weege? No, that's a, that's a good theory. I, and honestly, I think at this point that's okay because, I mean, even the way it was going, let alone all the races they missed, which were a complete disaster, and you're like, this might not work out at all. Right. But even the way it was going the first half of this season, I was still like, man, I don't know if this is going to work at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I had said maybe halfway through the year, I'm like, I'm concerned because even last year he was doing better, like he was getting podiums and motos before he got hurt, and now he's not even doing that. I think the thing that saved it was after that break, the two weeks uh, before Unadilla, I feel like he did come back and was a little bit better then. You know, he led for a while at Unadilla, he did get tired, then he didn't finish second moto, and he might have been able to even win the overall or a moto at Bud's Creek. I feel like there was like, okay, now, if you chart from Moto 1, beginning of the year, to all the way at the end, you can definitely see progress. Mm-hmm. I feel like at one point in the season, he really wasn't progressing much. Right. So, uh, I think if anything, and like, I think he saved it. Like, it's not going to be a complete disaster. But, um, yeah, I mean, to get to where Roxon and, and, and Tomac are to be that type, it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, but, but, after all he's been through. But. But you never know. He can have, yeah, you never know. And he can have a great, a great pro career and make millions of dollars. Well, the other thing I think that he did, and we all know how this sport is somewhat unfair in this way, he did show this year that he can still go fast. Mm-hmm. You know, he was fast qualifier a couple times. He would get whole shots and he would lead. Um, and honestly, when you have that, yeah, you just never know. You, as long as you have that speed, anything can happen. So at least he showed that. I mean, it wasn't a home run, but uh, yeah. he showed he could still go fast, which is very important. Right, right. Yeah, no, I think it's all right. Yeah, it's, it's a nice start for him. He finished 24 motos. So, well, he didn't finish 24 motos. finished the whole series anyways. Um, I, think, I think, Steve, the one thing with, with him that I, I think it's still too early to tell where his ceiling will be, he still has the speed. The speed is something that you just can't, you can't teach. You either have it or you don't. So yeah. even though his results weren't that great, to go out there and be fastest qualifier multiple times and lead 25 laps in a season, that's, that's the proof there that he still has the ability. You know, mm-hmm. it's still there. Whether he's able to harness that week in and week out and be at the front, that's, you know, that's where the real question lies. The ability is still there. He proved that, I think, just with his 25 laps of leading and his, his pole, position, pole position qualifying. So mm-hmm. I don't think by any means the, the book has been written on you know, as far as where he can end up, uh, some of these guys, you know, take take longer than others to get there. And I mean, Ken Roxon really, this was the first summer where he just dominated. You know, even in uh, 14 when he won the outdoor title, the second half of the season was pretty bad. It wasn't it wasn't a good second half. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would really say this is kind of the first year where first summer where Kenny really blossomed to his potential. Even with all the success he's had, it was never anything like this. Um. Mitchell Harrison, 10-6. Nice job for Mitchell Harrison. It's great, great ride by him. Uh, Joey, again, had issues, pulled out of the second moto. I did not make any jokes at him after. He was supposed to ride the USGPs. I would not look for that happening. You talked to Mitch. so um, and, I, and I don't think it should. He's got to get whatever's ailing him right. you know. And that whole year, the whole Red Bull crash, just that was it. 
I was never the same guy. Close, but couldn't put it together. Um, Zach yeah, also. Yeah, at uh, Muddy Creek, he won the first moto at Muddy Creek, and he had won five of the first nine motos and had like a 21-point lead at that point. Like, it didn't seem dominant, and then I, when he won that moto, I'm like, he's won five of the first nine motos. You're like, wait a minute. Like, right. <laughs> this is really good. And um, he probably could have won that one, then he fell twice, and then it was kind of the same thing, the second moto at Redbud. Yeah, it's – I mean, a 250 class is always a little more up and down, but to me this is still going to be one of the more – uh, strange ones that we've seen mm-hmm. um, in a while. Yeah, yeah. He's a guy though in 2017 that could win both titles for sure. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. Ah, uh, Zach Osborne. Oh, Zachy. Oh, Zachy Poo. One week after winning his first national, uh, bike problems all day in practice. Bike problems on the line. Clutch problem. Oh, Zach. <laughs> Tough year for him. What I can understand is. The TLD KTM guys are running basically the same package uh, as Zach and and even Marty Marty Davalos his teammate like Zach's the only guy that are having these problems and it's not me- like his mechanics fault it's motor problems and you know other guys aren't having these problems and it's kind of the same motor package and so I don't know if it's Zach revving the shit out of his bike too much I don't know but like they they may look at it and be like what are you doing so he was so far what? back in that second it all happened at the end. It all happened at the end. It all happened at once. Yeah. I think I think the first one was Washougal. I don't think he had any problems. No, Millville. And then, Millville. He had a oh, problem Millville. Okay, yeah. there you go. That's right. First motor at Millville, that weird deal. But, okay, so that's the second half of the year. It's like the first half of the year, all good. Second half of the year, could not go through, like, a single moto without a problem, yeah. practically. It's really weird. Thank God he won last week, or otherwise he might be like Jason Voorhees on the team. You know? At least he's got that win to, to, to hang his hat on. So, uh, Jordan Smith, what happened to him second moto, Weege? Do you know? Uh, there was a bike problem there. So we can continue down this road. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he said his bike had an electrical issue as the gate was, you know, as they were ready to go racing. So he tried it for two laps and had to pull in the mechanics area. And then I guess they got it fixed or something, but he was a lap down by then. But, um, you know, he and Hampshire had the problem at Bud's Creek at almost the same time. I feel like more bike problems lately um, than usual. This is not 1974. Yeah. Like, you don't normally see this many issues with factory bikes. Yeah, well, electronics are becoming more and more part of things. So, um, I feel like I should get some credit. Remember how I was saying credit for Andrew Short's whole shots last week? Right? For mm-hmm. Bud's Creek? I feel like I should get some credit for Dylan Wright's day, or at least Dylan Wright's qualifying time. Because Hold on a second. What? Hold on a second. Okay. You were the, I was the one that was praising Dylan Wright on Saturday night after the race, and you were, eh, you are giving him an, eh. Well, 21-16, I mean, I, you know, that's, that's, all, that's okay. I, I thought you were over the top with your praise. Well, I think when, when the overwhelming question that I heard throughout the day was, who is Dylan Wright? Well, see, I, I, know, think, yeah, see, I know that. I already watched the kid a ton. <clears throat> no, I, I know who he is, yeah. too, but I'm saying I kept having people ask me that. Right, and when you go twenty one sixteen, I, I feel like that's pretty good. When no one has any idea who you are, that's pretty good. Okay, well, he we were talking about he's Canadian. We, he was at Walden last week in Ontario, mm-hmm. and we were at, I was at we were at talking about racing Indiana, and I said, hey, you're going to be in the unseated practice. The track is never going to be as good as it was as it is for you the first time out because it's going to probably be rainy and deep, dissed up, and, and it's going to get worse and worse. I said, so when that green flag throws, and I think it's after five minutes of the first practice, I said, when that green flag goes signifying qualifying time is now on, I said, you got to pin it. And he's like looking at me, and I'm like, I don't even care if you're not comfy. But I was 
talking in regards to making the motos, you know? Like, I was not thinking third, over, third overall. Third overall. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know, I just I knew the kid could get in. He's fast, but you never know. He's, he's a young kid, AMA national or USA national, and he's all screwed up in the head or whatever. So I'm like, look, balls out when that green flag goes because that's when you're going to get your time. And, yeah, he took my advice. Third overall. I mean, the track was so different, people. So don't don't go thinking he's got third overall speed. Uh, he went twenty one sixteen, but again, I will take some credit for that. So nice job for Dylan Wright. He he will be if he keeps it up. He'll be the next great Canadian rider. I think that's without a doubt. He's young enough, fast enough. You know, wants to wants to do it bad enough that he'll be the next Fasciati or Clat or JSR. Better than Benoit? I would I would go Benoit right now. Yeah, Benoit's older though. You know. No, I'm saying the yeah. next great one, though. Yeah. I think Benoit's, yeah, Benoit's but... the next shot Canada has at being, you know, yeah. having a, a superstar arise from yeah, there. Perhaps. Um, I mean, look at his ride yesterday. That yeah. was, I mean, that was, that was a great 12-10 was solid. Yeah, I mean, he okay. got past at the end. It's, all right. it's okay. See, why are you I'm, kidding. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. I was kidding about that. Yeah, he, did, he surpassed my expectations for sure. I didn't watch the race we all fully. Did you talk about Benoit? Yeah, because there weren't many battles going on, but he ended up in um, some of them, so it worked out pretty well. Okay. Um, you know, the closest probably fight was maybe between, say, 5th to 12th-ish. Yeah. And he was in that group most of the time. I was talking to um, – I forget who I was talking to. Somebody who was uh, behind them, and they're like, I thought he was a lapper. I thought he was a lapper. And then I was like, wow, this guy's pretty fast. Don't forget who it was. <laughs> um Okay, uh, so anyways, all right, so that's 250s. Anything else on 250s from Ironman? Who's, uh, who's going to be the outdoor champ next summer? Let's, let's call it right now. I mean, can, can you really say Alex Martin? Can you straight face say Alex Martin? I can. I'm sure you can. <laughs> you wouldn't get laughed out of the bar. No, what do you get, third in points? Yeah, second. Yeah, second. I mean, no, second. second. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure you can pick him if he gets second. But it just seems so unbelievable, right? Hey, yeah, was... I'll take uh, I'll take J Mart for a thousand. Yeah, I might take J Mart too. Alex was great this year, but I also think the Yamahas are great. Those oh, are of course they are right. So I was so telling him... your size, and he whole shot at the second. Dude, I was telling Alex that I'm like, you know, we were talking about his move to TLD KTM. I think did I bring this up on a pod already? Did I already say this? No, I feel like I did. Yeah, I think he did on the Jimmy one, yeah, where he wasn't really giving the bike credit. Yeah, 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 maybe it was on the Jimmy one, where he was like, okay. I was like, dude, that bike's really good. He's like, yeah, it's okay. You know, typical of a guy trying to talk himself out of, you know, he's leaving the team. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's all right. I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. That uphill triple at Ironman, did anybody notice three digit Yamaha guys clearing it all day long? No problem. Yeah. <laughs> so. That bike's really good. I mean, it, it is. not yeah. Alex's fault. You no. Know, it's yeah. a great bike. No. So, um, yeah, I am a little worried, you know, um, you know, it's a factory KTM team and, and KTM's been figuring out a lot of things correctly lately, but so far this Troy Lee team, it hasn't been an outstanding season for them. So it's a little worrying to know that he's going from star, which love them or hate them was putting mm-hmm. five dudes in the top nine all the time. So it's, it's although, although TLD's at that level. I think Oldenburg whole shot at the first moto, maybe he's right there anyway. So I think they have a they have a pretty good engine package between you know the obviously 
you know, Jesse Nelson's issues right now. Um, hopefully he gets better, but he was getting great starts on that bike, and well, Oldenburg pulled some pretty good starts. I think they have a PC guys, package. It. PC guys have been all over the starts the last three yeah, races. PC all too. over. Uh, yeah. so I, I think Yamaha's a great bike, but I think there's they have some competition, you know. They, yeah. Yamaha just has a really, really solid team yeah. to get good starts on top of their bike. Yep. Uh, I'd go J-Mart, too, right now. Early, early August 29th prediction. I would go J-Mart. Uh, hungry J-Mart. Geico Honda guys. Um, also working hard, you know. So, um, I'd probably say J-Mart. Weege? Uh, I feel like things are, right now, trending. I, I just see someone on uh, Pro Circuit winning. It just seems like things are finally starting to go on the rise for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would not be surprised to see someone one of those guys, be it Forkner or Savachi or I mean, I guess AC, that would be, if I, yeah, Holtrich, if I said AC, that would probably, um, my inbox would be just flooded with tweets saying, are you serious? So I'll just say Forkner <laughs> is, uh, and Savachi. Is Holtrich going to be the Brian Gray of the 2000s? Like, could be. Like, who's going to pick Aldridge up next year? Like, no, no factory team, I don't think. Matt, Mad Suzuki. And so, like, Brian Gray basically got a factory Suzuki ride for one year, two years. I don't, I don't remember if it was one or two. And then, like, really never got another shot. Like, his only chance was with, like, the top guy, the top team, you know, a top factory team. And then that was it. And I, I, I think Aldridge is in that boat, you know? So. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, you didn't end up on uh, whatever. Yeah, one you, of the, you didn't make your way down the, the, down the type. Yeah, down the food right. chain. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, did he end up on one of the seven other factory-supported uh, Yamaha teams in 250 West? Is that where you go? One of those seven different yeah, teams? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You go to a uh, Barn Bros um, 5150. Blue Buffalo. Blue Buffalo, uh, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. Slayton Racing. Oh, they went to KTM. Yeah, There's a Slayton, lot of them. Slayton really screwed you, Weege, by switching brands so late. <laughs> um, all right, MotorcycleSuperstore.com, RacerX podcast, uh, PB-Pulp16 to uh, get out of, to get some discounts at uh, MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Whatever you need, they've got it. And uh, Racetech suspension, listen to this commercial by Racetech. Save yourself at uh, save yourself money. Pulp MX16 is the code there. And Michelin Starcross 5, brand new tire from those folks. And uh, we'll be right back with the uh, 450s from Iron Man. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com, RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening, man. These things are going great, and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody, and uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Race and Moto 60 show on Thursdays, the Pulp MX show on Mondays, the NFAB Racer X Fantasy show sometime in the middle of the week, and the Motorcycle Superstore, they're a passionate team who speak moto from talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear. This is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands in gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. You want to save there. they got everything you need to get out and ride. Go to the website to check out their inventory of brands, uh, over 700 of them. Do you speak moto? If you do, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use the code PB-PULP16 to uh, 10% off participating brands. PB-PULP16 saves you money. All right, let's get to these commercials from Racetech and Michelin and MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Thanks for listening. See you after the break.
Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Uh, trust me on this. There's a, more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015. When you order, you can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. Yeah, we're back. MotorcycleSuperstore.com, RacerX podcast, uh, presented by Fox Racing, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas on the line. Okay, we don't have a ton of time to talk. We talk mostly 250s here. So, uh, yeah, Roxon won. Good, good job. Um, Barsha was good. That second moto battle, um, well, I mean, do you want to talk about Roxon, anybody? I mean, he was amazing. He was great. Do we, oh, he lights out. Killed everyone. Again. I mean, I mean what do we, what do we say? Story all year. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just see you later. Um that second moto, like, you want to talk about two dudes pushing each other. Um, Tomac coming up and challenging Barsha for second. And that was for second overall. You, you know Justin knew that. You knew Eli knew that. Uh, that was going to be good. And then surprisingly, surprisingly, I think, 
Uh, Barsha kind of broke him with like two, three laps to go. Is that what you saw, JT? Yeah. What did Barsha fall in the first moto or the second moto? Barsha fell in one of the motos. I think he fell in the first moto. No, that was second. He second. had a good lead on him, oh, okay. and then he got up okay. just in front of Tomac. Okay. And then right. held him off, which right. is even doubly impressive. Right. Yeah, okay. that's, that's how I remembered it. I just want to make sure. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was really surprised Bartsch was able to find his composure again yeah. and hold Eli off. That, that was impressive. I mean, yep. Bartsch has taken a lot of heat. I think uh, both on this show and just from the media, you know, in mass. Uh, but that was a, that was a great ride because he rode really, really well. Well, if you're J Bone, I think you're like, oh, where's this guy been all year? I mean, well, I think I think the track was instrumental in helping him, and that that's not a knock on Barsha. I just think those conditions favor him i think he his skill set rises kind of rises to the surface in those conditions uh and he i mean to his credit he capitalized on it you know but i think if it would have been a another bud's creek or a you know just take a take a track of millville i don't i don't know that we would have seen that level of riding from him where he keep kenny in sight for 10 or 15 minutes yeah but he was good at buds Last week, just one week well, ago. Well, 3-3, but it yeah. wasn't anywhere near the level of what we saw on no. Saturday, I don't feel. No, but it was the best Barsha we'd seen until this week, you know? so Yeah, I mean, second overall, 3-3, but he really wasn't he wasn't in contact with Kenny at all. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel. Not not like he was this past right. weekend. I think all you had to do was, uh, we talked about sort of the lack of intensity. 1-1, 2-2, 3-3, 4-4, 5-5. Uh, in that class, Roxon, Barsha, Tomac, Muskan, Anderson. The Tomac Barsha battle really was the only thing that really happened. And uh, I was surprised, Weech, that Barsha pulled away. Good job by him. And, um, I mean, kept Roxon, you know, Roxon was inching away, you know, a second here, a second there. I mean, we were get, we were seeing 17 second leads in two laps at some races this year. So much better for Barsha. Now, I know that he said. They made huge bike changes for Bud's Creek, and second motor there showed. So you never know. There could be something more to it. That has now become the eternal question, um, along with the meaning of life of, is it set up? Is it bike? Is it just the riders? We'll never agree. But because <laughs> they made huge bike changes, then it was a lot better, and that's why your results got better. So yeah. we'll never answer this one. Uh, you two can argue amongst yourselves if you want on that project, on that subject. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. <laughs> Oh, one one year one year ago, he's sprinting away go. from Ryan Dungey, running away from Ryan Dungey. You know, just like later, bro. So, so the question the question you have to ask though is okay, Ryan Dungey last year, peak Ryan Dungey last year is peak Roxon sixteen better? If you had the Dartfish program and you laid them over each other, you know who wins? I think Roxon though. I'll take Roxon. I'll take Tomac the first five motos. <laughs> okay, yeah. After that. You'll take Tomac the first five motos, then Roxon, and then Dungey last year. Correct. Right. Okay. Um, I already got the tweets about Anderson. Did we pick the right guy? Should Should he be going to destinations? Why are we picking? Why are you picking Anderson? Look at Barsha's clearly better. I mean, you're not going to give Anderson a bit of a break coming in his first race after missing uh, the last one, the last eighteen motos. So. I thought it was Do we great, like, if... as good as you could possibly expect yeah, it to be. No, I know it's fine. It's fine. JT? Do we still even know if Barsha wanted to go? Uh, Barsha was being very adamant that he did, and he would have said yes. And I was kind of going back and forth on that. I'm like, yeah, I didn't see any of you guys jumping up, raising your hand, teacher, pick me, pick me. He's like, they never called. I would have said yes. And I'm like, oh. So... At least after the fact, very adamant that he wanted to do it. I'm, I'm not 
sure I'm convinced of that, but that's, that's well, yeah, what he's saying the fact, on the record. It's easy. It's easy after the fact, right? Well, let's not forget. Like, look, as much as you know, we're pissed that Tomac's not going to Motocross Nations and, and all that. Um, the AMA pays for nothing. Giuseppe and Eustine pay for nothing. This is a twenty thousand dollar hit these teams take to go represent America. And if your core gives a businessman and J Bone. You're like, eh, $20,000 or nothing? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? And maybe 20 might be lowballing it. Seriously. So, AMA is a joke. They don't pay for anything. And Ustream doesn't pay anything when Team America is the biggest superstars there. And literally, I bet you Giuseppe probably needs six or seven Brinks trucks to haul away the money after Motocross the Nations. And, yeah, I, I didn't see, you know, I'm not saying Barsha didn't want to go. Right. But I'm saying I didn't see a tweet. I didn't see an Instagram post. I didn't see anything saying, like, hey, I, I would right. love a chance at this. I didn't see anything. No. And then now he's saying, no one called. I wanted to go. You yeah. Know, this the timing seems a bit suspect. And, I, mean, think, and I think JGR is like, whew, we don't have to go. Right. right. I, honestly, if it was me and I had to just make an opinion of how I saw this going down, and this is complete speculation. I haven't talked to anyone. I could see them going, everybody, just be cool. Don't make a fuss. If they don't want us to go, we're fine with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll stay out of the limelight on this thing, and then once it's over, we can be like, "No, we were ready and willing. Yeah. No one called." Yeah, you know, that—that's how I see it going. Whether I'm right or wrong, who yeah, knows? I, I, I almost kind of side with Weege or with Barsha a little bit in the fact that I do think he'd want to go. You know, but why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, no, any uh, sort of like like right. you know, tweeting. Right, I, I really would like to go. I would right. really right. like to no, go. Yeah. Anyone, yeah. you know what I mean? There was nothing. Right, no, it was just radio silent I'll, on that. I'll end. have to ask Barsha about that. I don't know if he will. <laughs> um, I don't know if he will. Uh, I told him, I said, I, I said by Friday night, one night in Lil, that's all it's going to take, and your math will be tight again. Oh, jeez. Right. But I will say, I will say that if Barsha had gone, I'm all in because, honestly, last year at Motocross Nations, he did everything that I could ask him to do. He did. He was maybe the best he had been all year. You know, I know he won some races last year, but he, he brought it, which hasn't been the case for many guys uh, at Motocross Nations in the last few years. So um, I'm in no way saying I don't want him to go. I would be pumped if uh-huh. he went if he rides like he did last year. I mean, he, he won his class. What else can you ask for? Is Colin Kaepernick doing everything point he, he was making. ask for? I think that's the point he's trying to make, no. that he does well at that event. Yeah. No, he, he's been good. Yeah. But honestly, to me, Anderson, Barsha, flip a coin. I mean, Barsha was great at Ironman, but where was he the other motos, you know? Anders, when they were straight up in the beginning of the year, Anderson beat him every single time. So. Yep. The only thing I would say that I, if, if Barsha got picked and truly did not want to go, then I don't know that I would want him to go. Yeah. I, I don't well, want not. people yeah, to go if not. they don't want to go anymore. Right. Yeah, I, I think I've seen that in the last few years out of guys, and it just doesn't work. Um, all right. Uh, Nicoletti got fifth overall. And uh, it was very, very important to him. So he outrode Bloss. Bloss uh, fell with Freddie in the second moto. Otherwise, uh, Bloss, uh, look, Benny still ended up six in the points. I mean, come on. So it's pretty good. Phil beat him by one point, though. Phil, Phil told me to tell Benny to suck it afterwards. I'm sure Benny's just crushed because he's already signed the deal. I think he's No, Benny fine. said he really wanted fifth overall. He said that would have been really cool. So, yeah, I'm sure he did. But, but then, you know, he woke up. You know, Sunday morning, and then you probably never thought about it again. Yeah, his last fun. Exactly. Uh, funny, though, like, you look at the points this year. Um, literally, Barsha is fourth. In, he's the only guy in the 300s. He's 130 points ahead of Phil, and he's 40 points back of, of Marvin. Like, big, like, 
130 points back ahead of Phil, you know? So clearly there was some tears going on and some injuries and everything else. Um, what else? Uh, Bichalia was good. That's a good job by him. Um, he went 11-6 on the day for eighth overall. Uh, Weston was good, um, 6-8 again. So, JT, do you think Weston will be back at JGR? I do. Does he, is he, I do, yeah. yeah. He sounded like that on your on the Pulp Show, right? Oh, yeah, but like I figured you had had some texts with him or talks with him. I haven't. Oh, no, okay. I haven't talked to him about All it right. now. Never mind then. Um, Kevin Benoit, we talked about him. Nice work, 12-10. Fantasy players everywhere, just loving it. You don't seem sold on it. No, it was good. It was way better than I thought. People, everyone was texting me about fan. Yeah, where do you? Th- who is this dude? Where is he going to finish? And I'm like, he's for sure going to be like 15th, without a doubt, 15, 15 all day long. And he surprised that surprised me. His endurance was good. He looked tired after in the near the end of the first moto, and then uh, second moto he was great. So, you know, so. Yeah, he was solid. That was great. I mean, he was. I, th- I saw Dino looking over at him, and a few times, like, dude. Go slower. Like, stop this. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sipes was back. Ryan Sipes came back. 19-13. Has he raced any GNCCs, Weech? Yeah, he uh, only missed He missed uh, a couple, like, toward the middle. But he started the year off. Really? Oh, I feel like and I haven't came seen... came back, I believe he raced the last one before the break. I feel like I haven't seen his name anywhere at all. Like... Well, he was just he was getting like fourths and fifths instead of podiums, so I think that's what makes the difference. Okay. Um, it's a little tough because I think because he won the ISDE last year, so I think people think, oh, he's look for him to win races all the time off mm-hmm. road. But the thing with ISDE, it's nothing like any of the. It's not like right. motocross nations is a motocross race. It's very similar to what they do all the time. Yep. ISDE is totally different. So somebody wins there and they think, well, that probably means he wins all the time everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. It's just different. So okay. he's still kind of. Figuring it out right. uh, and everything else, so that's why you don't see his name up there all the time. Right. Uh, Dino was bombed afterwards after his race. Uh, not happy with his rides. So um, Phil, again, guys like Phil beat him pretty good. So um, Phil said that he went down for for practice, to, and he said, "Hi, hey, hey, Dino," and he said Dean literally started barking at him like a dog. Like literally, woo woo woof, and then he's like, "I don't know what's wrong with that guy." So I don't, I don't really know either. Like I tweeted that I said, "I'm not making this up." Like Dean started barking. So, I don't know, but I enjoy. Also, I talked to Phil about Bloss, and he was mad that Bloss was trying to talk to him uh, behind the starting gate, like try to be friendly with him. And he's like, "You can't be friendly with me. I'm trying to take fifth away from you." So, like in Phil's mind, that was blood feud. Yeah. But I guess Dean barking was not acceptable. No. It's just, no. It's just awesome to know how serious. I was actually happy. Remember years ago at it was either Utah or Lake Elsinore or something, no, you tried to get Shorty yeah. and Weimer to care? Yes, yeah. Elsinore. Yeah. You tried to get Shorty and Weimer to care about whatever they were battling for in points. I think it was fifth. I think and it was they, fifth. <laughs> yes. And they both, while parked right next to each other and looking at each other, both mm-hmm. said, no, I don't care. You can have it. Yeah, you can have it. Right. We don't care. Right, right. I was happy to see some of these dudes actually did happen to care this time. No, yeah, it's nice to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Freddie nine nine. He's going to get his knee cleaned out. He said, have a little bit of cartilage take. You know, a little meniscus cleanup, and uh, he'll be ready for designation. So, um, yeah, that's about it from the exciting four fifty class. Anything else, you guys? I want to talk about USGP real quick before we wrap it up. No, nobody, nothing. I think I'm good. Um, how was the banquet, Weech? How was this? How was the Saturday night barbecue slash Sunday banquet? 
I think it worked out the best um, of all the combinations they've tried. First of all, there's been, since MX Sports has taken over, I think we've what, had four different tracks that were the last one of the year. Uh, well, at one point it was Glen Helen, then it was Palo, then it was Elsinore, then it was Utah, now it's been Indiana. So that has made the thing change a ton. And then sometimes they do it Saturday night, sometimes they do it Sunday morning. I feel like this time they got it just about perfect. Mm-hmm. The Saturday night thing was not awards. It was just hanging out. And um, I was impressed how many riders and teams did come over to do it. Um, usually people are over just about everything. Um, but it was pretty good attendance and a good time. Uh, I wish they did more stuff like that at, at the races. Like if you just had – if you had a thing just for fans and just said, hey, you pay 20 bucks to – this was free because it was the end of the year. But, I mean, if you had a thing every weekend and you had a tent with food, a DJ, and beers – and when the motos are over, you told the fans to come on in and party all night. I think it'd be such a uh, addition to the weekend experience. Um, I mean, as it is, you're giving them what about five hours of racing yeah. altogether. It's not a ton. Saturday night, like, people are will be glad to party at the track. That's part of the fun. So that worked out well. Then the, all the awards were moved back to Sunday, and it just so happens that you can do it at Forest Lucas's of Lucas Oil's mansion, which has rooms for this type of thing. Um, so I think they got the right combo now. I don't know if, if that means Indiana always has to be the last round now just for that, but I think it probably should. And Forrest Lucas was there, like, first time he's ever even gone to one of these races. Um, and first time ever, you know, the strange part about the series that everyone forgets is that it's actually owned by DMG, Daytona Motorsports Group, which is called AMA Pro Racing. I know that's just making people's heads spin how complex that is. Mm-hmm. MX Sports and NBC just get the rights from them because they bought those rights from the AMA. So their big honchos were there also. Uh, Jim France of the France family, which actually owns NASCAR, first time he'd ever gone to one of these things. So I guess that's good news that these big wigs want to check it out. Yeah. And which said through the awards, Greg White did the heavy lifting because Greg White's a pro. He's announced a million different things. He did a good job, so... I think it was the best overall well, that they've. Um, you were done. not you were not called in to be announcing. I'm surprised. I just gave out I gave out the you know the top ten series awards. Uh-huh. I did that part. Yep. But that's like half of the show. You know, there's right, rookie right. of the year, there's team of the year, and all that. And and Greg did that. So um, let me ask you this: on, well done. on Saturday yeah. night, was there anybody more drunker than the JGR guys? Like for any of these things, I don't mean riders. I mean I don't mean riders. I mean teams. Although I could mean riders, but I'm just I'm meaning more teams. This is how the attendance works for any of these events: be it a awards on Saturday or just party on Saturday, awards on Sunday, just party on Sunday. Whatever the combination is, Mm -hmm. this is the attendance. It will be the guys who won the championships. And Team JGR. That's your attendance <laughs> Correct. every year. Thank you. Every event. Right. <laughs> yes. So, of course, they came ambling down the hill Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Of course, they were there Sunday morning. It was basically lots of, Marvin and uh, Tomac came. That was, I, I actually didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, big time 450 guys, if they don't win the title, are too good to spend an extra day on the road, which yeah. I don't even blame them. But uh, they came. KTM and Cowie were there. But uh, JGR was there en masse. Um, and they had a good time, and they totally led the party, led the charge on Saturday. Yes, not surprising. Not surprising. No, it was great. Yeah, and you think of the cast of characters that they have, even for their riders. I mean, when you have Phil, Pike, and Barsha, right? And it's just it just adds like, to it. And they I, were all there too. Like I don't even know if those three guys like each other. I would not. I don't even know if you had said, "Do they actually like each other?" I'd be like, eh, "Maybe." Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. Maybe. But they're definitely three of the most distinctive personalities right. uh, in the sport, and they all happen to be on that team. Right. So that helps. Yeah, Phil is Phil is like the Mendoza line for everybody. Like if Phil, like Dean, like Dean brought up, and Pike has brought it to me many times. Barsha has said it. I've had other riders say it. Phil is a Mendoza line. Like if he's beating you, you're like, I cannot believe Nicoletti is beating me. Poor Phil. And fifth of all in the points, but he's like, you know, the 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 line of like, I can't, I'm, I, I need to ride better. Phil's beating me, and then all his teammates also are like, I can't believe I can't can't let Phil beat me. So. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, it was fun. So, it, US, it USGP this weekend, Charlotte. Uh, we're going to have uh, uh, Hurlings versus Webb. We'll have Cincerillo there. Uh, I think Aldridge will be there. Tonus is too old. Forkner. Forkner's going? Yeah. Oh. oh, you didn't. Oh, you, that's right. You weren't there for the press conference. Oh, Forkner. Oh, Austin Forkner. What? You are about to learn what Vital MX is. You know, as you said, Forkner's a good interview, but he yeah. tends to go long yes, with his answers. Does. Yes, he does, which is great. So but. somebody said, are you, are, are you happy to be racing these GPs? And he's going on and on and on, long answer, long season, but it'll still be fun. I kind of wish I was. I kind of wish I wasn't. And then he mentioned hurlings, and he made the tragic mistake. And, again, he's just kind of rambling. But he said, yeah, someone mentioned hurlings to me, and I said, I think I can beat that guy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Austin Forkner. Oh, you are geez. in for it. Yeah. Now, we posted that press conference interview at like 11 a.m. today, Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding. There's this, there's this Twitter account, GateDropMX, who's just always on, stepping on the throat of American racing all the time. It must have been 45 minutes that he already was tweeting, Oh, Austin Forkner, you think you could beat Hurlings, huh? Here it comes. He Here might. It comes. I, I mean, it's not in the sand. Hurlings is awesome. Hurlings is incredible, but... I mean, I just mean, regardless right. of what the predicted outcome right, is, right, you right. just know what a stick of dynamite yeah. it is to say anything like that. But he—he's just talking. Like I don't think he. I don't think it's said. Cr- I yeah. got a picture of hurlings on my locker. <laughs> right. It's not going to be interpreted that way. And uh, Tomac, Geyser, Barsha, Fabra, Febra, so Caroli should be good racing in Charlotte between those guys. I think in four fifties. So. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty intriguing group. Uh, there, there was the rumor that uh, Jeremy Martin would be racing on his new brand at yes. Charlotte, but I found out that will not be happening. His mechanic has a Geico shirt on. He's working for Geico already, Pedro. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Not scared. Uh, so I think you might see Jay Martin at Glen Hill and GP, but he's not racing this weekend. Okay. Yeah, that was. I tweeted that out at the end of the day because that was. Yeah, people were like saying that's going to happen. So I mean, really. Yeah. You know, that'd be mm-hmm. pretty. I don't know how good he would be, JT, off the couch without on a Honda. Like, awesome for Jay Mart, but. And then again, maybe yeah, I I, I maybe he's been healthy. Doing. He told me he was hurt, but maybe, perhaps, he's been healthy and riding a Honda at Millville the last three, four weeks. Right? I mean, that's entirely okay. possible. I saw him riding a lawnmower with a Nickelab Ultra, and then he spit it out everywhere. Yes, I don't right, know yeah. what that means. But, um, but you know, no, there's, no, there's no secret spy photos at Millville, so he could be pounding laps on that Honda all day. Does Luke Monster have a Twitter? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, all right. Are you looking forward to going, Weege? Yeah, yeah, I actually am. Um, Saturday you know, night. First yeah. of all, they're, they're, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not for some reasons. My wife is not pumping. I'm like, no, 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 the season's not over. But uh, <laughs> that's the case with every rider yeah. with these GPs. So I can't. I'm, I'm just in the same boat. And uh, but when you, first of all, I, I, what's 
there's so much unknown. Like, I don't know how these guys are going to race against each other. What is this track going to look like? What's the event going to be like? And right. yeah, overall, there's just so much different. I'm just curious to walk around and just be like, what is this going to look like? And what's this going to sound like? And what's this going to be like? So just for that alone. I'm curious um, about the lights. I'm curious about the lights. Are they going to do a good enough job? We've always seen it's been, been an issue. I don't know anything about this yeah. drag strip. So, you know, how's, how's the lighting going to be? No, it's not even at the drag strip anymore. It's oh, on the dirt track. Yeah, now. sorry, dirt track. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, there's just, like, seriously, who has any clue what this track is really going to be like? How's the attendance, do you uh, think? I mean, there's not a great history for USGPs in no. the U.S. I mean, no. if I start saying too much, people are going to say I'm being paid to say certain things. But I'm just saying, mm-hmm. since Unadilla 83, we really haven't seen a whopping success out of these no. GPs. no. Should be some good racing, though. I'll be watching it from the couch, as will JT, I'm sure. Right, JT? You're not going. That is correct. Right? You'll be you'll be watching on your couch. Yep. Uh, um, well, cool. All right. So that's the wrap. Uh, we're going to keep these things going unless you guys don't subscribe. Uh, we'll do, I don't know, maybe a silly season one. Maybe we can do one in a little bit when we find out when everything's out. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure them out. Us three will get together at some point to, to ramble about something. I've got 40 minutes on Marty if you guys need it any time. So. Oh, I mean, I can go, I can go about two of these Supercross points counting for towards a national number slash Marty slash uh, too many races for a couple hours. Bike, bike setup. Bike setup. That'll be a whole other one. I got that. I got that that preloaded also. So whatever. whatever yeah. Why don't you just uh, why it's okay for Osborne to be a veteran but not Marty? Why don't you just give us a forty-five minute dissertation? Sure. Or you know, we, we could do is I could call you guys up. We could start. You two could hang up. And I'll just keep I'll just keep yelling, just keep screaming into the mic. <laughs> That's a so. great idea. I never thought of that, JT. We honestly could just hang up during parts of this. <laughs> just be like, oh, we'll be back later. Let us know. Yeah, I usually just put, hit mute and you know put my phone away for certain times right. during these things. All right, everybody. The Motorcycle Superstore Racer X Podcast, Indiana MX Ironman Wrap Up Crawfordsville. Uh, and thanks everybody for listening all year. We'll be back though. Don't worry. Uh, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Thanks, guys. See you. See you. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, 
I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I just pulled piss and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Right, as the day.